Thank you for joining us today for this life-changing message from River of Life. If you are ever in our area, we would love for you to join us. For more information, visit us at rolcrawfordville.com. That's rolcrawfordville.com. Or download our app in the App Store under ROL Crawfordville. Now, let's join Senior Pastor Henry Jones as he teaches from the Word of God. Wow, it feels good here, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. You know, I said many, many times that our faith is not based on feelings, but it's not devoid of feelings. And it feels good to be in the presence of a group of people who love Jesus. And I tell you, you're just acting like you're enjoying being here today. And so... This morning, I'll speak to you just for a few moments on the subject, don't lose heart. And our text will be 2 Corinthians 4, 1. But before I read the text and share this brief message with you, I want to share some good news with you. Good news. I guess that's what you should be doing all the time, right? Sharing good news. But this is some good news. And I I will go ahead and tell you, it has created a bit of a problem. But it's some real, real good news. You do know that you can have some good problems in your life, don't you? This is a good problem. We're running out of space. We are. I tell you, it's uh, pretty amazing we, uh, last Sunday, we had 648 in church. That's, yeah. This past Wednesday night, we had, in children's ministry, we had 62. In the youth ministry, we had 131. And that didn't include the adults who were in the worship center for Bible study. That was the children's ministry and the youth ministry. Think about that. Children and youth, 193 on a Wednesday night. This is... We're raising up a generation that'll stay strong in the faith, serve our Lord. And that's what we should do uh, from one generation to the next. It it really is pretty amazing what's going on. How about this? In 2022, we baptized over 100 people who were professing Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. That's just, that's that's amazing. And and we know, uh, the leadership knows, and you know this also, that it's time to start thinking about expansion and building and uh, more parking lots. Some of you walk about a half a mile back there to get. <laughs> we promise we're looking at this. We're going to look at parking. We're going to look at building new buildings. Uh, we don't have anything finalized. We'll keep you up to date as we move forward. But I can give you some good news. Right now, today, River of Life is debt-free. We don't owe anybody anything. 
And that's a, that's a good place to be when you're thinking about building. And here's something else. Right now today, we have over $800,000 already in the building fund. Now, yeah, yeah. Now, that sounds like a lot of money to me, but we all know it'll take more than that to do what needs to be done on this property. But when God guides, he provides. And I also want you to know, and this is very important, that we will not just be focusing all of our attention on a building project. We support missions. We'll continue to support missions. Uh, This past year, we gave away $128,000 in the name of Jesus to help support and bless. And, uh, and I tell you, I, I love that. I I think that's absolutely beautiful. I, I just want you to know that we're not pushing all of our money into a building fund, that we are giving money away, uh, in the name of Jesus. We are supporting Pastors and churches in Mexico, India, Colombia, Pakistan, Guatemala, Kenya. In fact, two places in Kenya, Nairobi and, and Busha. Uh, we're also helping a startup church in nearby Thomasville, Georgia. We're supporting local ministries like the Women's Pregnancy Center and the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Uh, we are mission-minded, and we'll keep doing that. And I tell you what, see, I believe on an individual basis that God's as good as his word, that if we give, it will be given to us good measure, pressed down, shaken together. That's what it says, overflowing. I also believe that's true of a church, that when a church is generous, supports and helps, gets outside of, of the, the borders of the church itself, and we give money away, God honors that, and God, God blesses that. And so I just want you to know we're involved in some good stuff. And uh, if you're looking for a good church home, I, 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 I know one I can recommend to you. And so, so. hey, I, I do want to share this with you. Some years ago, a lady walked into our fellowship, and she stayed here for a season, and she was just on fire. I mean, so on fire for the Lord. And she testified, told us her story and her faith, and where she'd come from and, and what she had in mind. And she also told us that, that God had put a calling on her life to fulfill a ministry. And then she even dared to say, will you as a church support my ministry? And we stepped out on faith and we said, yes. And we started giving her money because we'd seen her life and her testimony and we wanted to help her. And we believed that God just might be up to something big. We started giving money to her then, and we never stopped. And to this day, every month, we support her ministry. Her name is Dawn, and this is her story. God, our Lord, Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, is unto me the spirit of wisdom and revelation. This is not your usual Bible study or weekly small group. Each day, these women pray together, read the Bible, and hold each other accountable. Things they say they desperately need as convicted felons. We're not bad people. We've made bad choices. All they tell you is that you're never going to make it. You're a convicted felon. You can't do it. It's going to be terrible to get a job. Although women pose a lower public safety risk and their path to the criminal justice system often differs than men, 
the challenges they face upon release are often the same, like trying to find the support system they need to get back on their feet and fight for a second chance. Inside that door, Don Knighton is providing that support network by giving women a place to call home alongside others they come to know as family. This is our little kitchen. Cozy, you said. Yes, it is cozy. Christian counselor Dawn Knighton shares this small three-bedroom home with all these women. These are the ladies' rooms. We have four ladies to a bedroom. Her goal, helping female inmates released from prison have a place to live, find work. How was your day, Melanie? It was great. And become productive in society. Tough lessons for women with rap sheets that include grand theft, drugs, and even murder. For Dawn, this work is personal. I deserve to be on death row. I deserve to be doing life in prison. And only by the grace of God, you know, did he have another plan for my life. Dawn's life of crime began with drugs. She would eventually sell her body to feed a crack cocaine addiction. Before I knew it, I was homeless and, you know, living a life, just doing things I never dreamed I would do, having just absolutely no morals and doing everything I could just to survive. You used to sleep here every night? Yes. She showed us where she slept, on the beach under these stairs. By day, she worked this street corner, harassed by habits she couldn't kick, and Christian neighbors who knew what she was up to. And I got my bullhorn out and I would get on the bullhorn and say, this is a no prostitution zone. The police will be called. And I'm standing out there with a Glock in my, you know, in my pants. And I'm like, you know, if you don't go back in your house, I'm out here. I'm high. I, you know, I'm trying to work. And we'd go back and forth. That was really my first encounter with Dawn. But I didn't know Dawn personally. But I know I was praying for Dawn and a number of others like her. A total of close to 50 felony convictions finally caught up with her. It was during her last prison sentence, confined in a cell with only a Bible, that she says she experienced a radical change. And I cried out to God and I said, you know, God, if what you say in your word is real and you will set me free from all this bondage, if you'll set me free, I'll spend the rest of my life telling people what you've done in my life. And he did. She completed her first year of Bible college while behind bars. After getting out, she finished and even earned a Ph.D. in biblical studies. She sees her release and this new life as a miracle and a reminder of her promise to show inmates there's hope. I had never seen anyone who had come out of my lifestyle who had made it. And I told the Lord, I said, I want to be the one. I want to be the one to do it. And the Florida Department of Corrections is helping her reach women in the same prison where she once served time. She's also working with others like the Potter's House and Pastor Cheryl Brady. But the most surprising partnership developed with the most unexpected person. Never did I dream, you know, in a million years, that four years, five years later, I'd be at a conference and here comes this little lady that I once knew with a bullhorn. And she uh, looks at me and she goes, you don't remember me, do you? She said, you're the lady with the bullhorn. And I said, you're the lady on my corner. Dawn now calls Kathy mom and together they pray with women on death row. Her rigorous discipleship program has a 98% success rate and a year-long waiting list. Those who make it through feel forever changed. Melinda, for example, recently left for Africa to work with children in Heidi Baker's Christian Missions Group. She credits both God and Dawn for giving her hope and a new identity. I'm so thankful that um, he, he just took somebody like me and like us 
all of us and turned all of our ugliness and all, all of our ugliness and he made it all beautiful. Dawn's now expanding her ministry to men's prisons with plans to open up discipleship homes for them too. Her passion, however, remains the same, to see revival in the prison nation. I had a lot of people tell me, oh, this is jailhouse religion, and when you leave, you're going to lose it. It's been nine years, and I'm more on fire and more zealous today than I've ever been. I refuse, you know, to hear that. I'm going to live for Jesus, and I'm going to stay on fire. I want to see revival. John Jessup, CBN News, reporting from Daytona Beach, Florida. Don't tell me that God can't use you. He's the Lord God Almighty. And he can do anything he chooses and he can do it through you if he wants to and you will surrender to him. That's a beautiful story. One of the things she tells the inmates on death row is, she said, let's just change the name. Let's call this life row because this is where you're going to find life in the Lord Jesus Christ. I, I love that video and it's uh, so beautiful for me because uh, Diane, when we first met her, she was so timid, so unsure of herself, but she knew that God had put a calling on her life and to see what God's doing with hers now is amazing. So again, this morning, I want to speak to you on the subject, don't lose heart. Second Corinthians 4, 1 says, therefore, these are the words of the apostle Paul. Therefore, since we have this ministry as we have received mercy, read it with me, we do not lose heart. That expression, lose heart, means to lose hope, to get discouraged, to be ready to give up. And I'll tell you, we live in a world right now where people are losing heart. They're losing hope. And believe it or not, it is seeping into the church. People are getting discouraged. If the statistics are correct, by the stroke of midnight tonight, 130 people across this nation will have taken their own lives. And this may amaze you because we don't hear much about this on the news. But did you know that in America, suicides outnumber homicides uh, uh, he, it's huge, almost twice as many suicides as homicides. I know that violent crime in America is a problem, but friends, I want to tell you the biggest problem in America right now is people have lost hope. They've lost heart. They're disappointed. The American dream, so to speak, is dead. Well, I was listening to a, a radio a couple of weeks ago, and it was during that time when everybody was saying, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I love Christmas. I love saying Merry Christmas and I love saying Happy New Year. But that's not what this individual said. This is what they said. They said, New Year, same old hell. Boy, there's a lot of negativity in our world right now. I'm telling you. Now, I know there's some crazy, weird demented, uh, insane stuff going on in our nation. But listen to me, child of God. 
We cannot let that stuff get on us. We cannot do that. The apostle Paul was speaking for all of us. In the verse I read, he never uses the word I. He he uses the word we. He uses it three times. As we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. I just want to encourage you, don't lose heart. And we've, we've got all the reasons in the world not to lose heart. If you've been in this church very long and you've been around me, you know that I love poetry. I love poems. I love to read poetry. I, 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 I love the beauty of poetry and the language of poetry. I love how it can say so much in, in so few words. Uh, uh, I'm, I know I've quoted some poems so many times from this pulpit that some of you can quote them. In fact, my grandchildren make fun of me when I start quoting poems. Well, in the world of poetry, the name John Berryman is well known. He was a beloved university professor. He was a Pulitzer Prize winner. He was a poet who made it to the top. He had friends and family and finances and followers. One individual wrote this about him, said that he had seemingly found the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. And yet, one frozen January day in 1972, he walked across a bridge in Minnesota, waved to a stranger, and leaped to his death in the icy Mississippi River. Why? What in the world? What is going on that would cause somebody to do that? And and since I'm a lover of poetry, and I do know that people who write poetry really reveal their souls, uh, what they're thinking, what's going on in their heads, I decided to read some of his poems, see if I could figure out, because I was just curious. Why? Why would he do that? And then I started picking up some things in some of his poems. I want to read one to you. I'm not going to memorize this. It's too depressing to memorize, but I will share it with you. This is what John Berryman said. Hell is empty. Oh, that has come to pass, which the cut Alexandrian foresaw. And hell lies empty. Lightning fell silent where the devil knelt. And over the whole grave space hath settled awe in a full death of guilt. Yeah, I didn't think you'd be too excited either after hearing that. I, I, I've read this so many times and just tried to figure out what he was saying, and I don't, I don't know. Is he saying when he says hell is empty that hell doesn't exist or that nobody goes to hell? Uh, the expression cut Alexandrian, they say, goes all the way back to Greek mythology Uh, and the idea that there is no God and that modernism has killed both God and the devil. And and some people believe that expression has to do with kind of uh, maybe jewelry, the way diamonds are cut. And and he was saying that the way our world is shaped and cut, that uh, there's no hell anymore. 
There's no Satan anymore. Lightning fell silent where the devil knelt. And then how about this? Over the whole grave space hath settled awe in a full death of guilt. Now, I'm not trying to turn you into fans of poetry because this would not be the one to do it. (laughs) But I do want to tell you, I still can't figure out what he was saying, but I want to say something to you today. Hell is not empty. The devil is not silent. And death is not the answer for guilt. I can assure you of that. I, I, I mean, I mean... This is amazing that a man would spend his entire life trying to achieve and succeed. And then when he gets to the top, what does he do? He checks out. That, that just doesn't make sense to me. Now, you may be thinking right now, well, pastor, you're, you're just looking at one person. Maybe, maybe he had mental problems. Maybe that was the issue. But that's not the case. That's not the case. You see, I've been studying these surveys and I've actually uh, become a part of this survey because I've been asking people this question. Uh, When all across our nation, people are asked, what is the most respected profession and occupation in America? Just about everybody I've talked to and an overwhelming majority of people throughout this country give the same answer, doctors. Doctors the most respected profession. Wow. That, that, that's, here, here you are, you have these doctors. Man, they are keen. They are sharp. They're educated. They're committed and, and respected all over America. But are you ready for this? The occupation that has the highest suicide rate is doctors. What is, what, what's happening here? Uh, that, that had my attention. Now, uh, Berryman wrote this. Here's something else. I still feel rotten about myself. I just want to say this to you, friends. If you still feel rotten about yourself, I got some good news for you before you leave here today. I can tell you how to get that off of you. And it all involves a person. This is how you get it off of you. I'll show you in a minute. Here's something else that Berryman wrote. After all has been said and all has been said, man is a huddle of need. Now, let me, if you're a huddle of need and you've ruled out hell and you don't believe Satan exists and you believe death is the answer for guilt, then suicide becomes an option. How sad, how tragic. When when he said man is a huddle of need, what he was saying was everything I have accomplished has not given me what I need. A best-selling author answered the question. He, He said that he discovered this for himself. He said, when you get to the top, there's nothing there. How sad. Someone else wrote, well, let me, just, let me just stop here for a moment. And our young people, teenagers, all the teenagers in the house, wave at me. Come on, I want to see where you are. Come on. I, y'all, you sit over there. Yeah. Y'all are in the North Church. <laughs> teenagers, please listen to me. I want everybody to listen to me. 
Listen, if you could achieve your highest goals and wildest dreams, when you get there, if that's all you have, you have nothing. You have nothing. And life will be disappointing. I mean, I know when you're young, you think, boy, if I could get there, get to this place or get to this place, I'd be happy. Not so. It just, it just doesn't work that way. Now, someone else wrote, God has made us in such a way that until we return home to the arms of our father, we will be like the prodigal son, miserable and misplaced heirs to a lost kingdom. You, you understand where I'm coming from, David? We need the Lord. The world cannot deliver what you and I so desperately need, what we long for. And one of the mistakes we make is we try to find happiness in things that can never make us happy. We just can't. There's no chemical solution for a spiritual problem. Someone told me this past week, not enough drugs, not enough alcohol, not enough painkillers. There's no chemical solution for a spiritual problem. There's no financial solution for a spiritual problem. You can have money and buy all the toys you want, but in the end, it amounts to nothing. And, and, and by the way, that's the reason Jesus would say, what would it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? That just doesn't make sense. I can tell you, there is nothing in this world that will work. And what the apostle Paul is saying to us is we have a ministry. You have a ministry. I have a ministry. If you're a child of God, you have a ministry. And he says, as we have received mercy, have you received mercy? Has the Lord of glory touched your heart, forgiven you of your sins? As we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. I I can tell you, one of the things that bothers me more than just about anything else is when a Christian comes up to me and they're worried about the world falling apart. Because I got news for you, the world is falling apart and the world will fall apart. But this world is not my home. I am a stranger here within a foreign land. (laughs) I represent another place. Ambassador to be of realms beyond the sea. Oh, friends, that, that's when we keep our eyes on the Lord, the Lord of glory. We, we, we don't just read it. We don't just come to church. We don't just study it. We believe what the Bible says. I can tell you the best antidote for discouragement is the word of God. It's the only thing that will counteract the poison of discouragement because this world will drag us down with it. And I got news for you. The darker this world gets and the worse it gets, the brighter our light should shine. As we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. So what's the answer? I'll tell you. It's a person. And before I give you his name, let me tell you some things about him. 
Wow. He's the beautiful rose of Sharon and the lily of the valley. He's the bright and morning star. Oh, I don't care how much darkness there is in the world, friends. He's the bright and morning star. He's the fairest of 10,000 to our souls. He's the pearl of great price. He's life's richest treasure. He's the savior of the world. The only begotten son of God. He's the wellspring of life. He's living water. He's the bread that came down from heaven. He's the light of the world. He's a friend. Did you see the video? He's a friend of sinners and all those who will put their faith and trust in him. He is our eternal hope of glory. He's someone who sticks closer than a brother. Oh, I love my family, but Jesus comes first. Are you with me? Oh, listen to this. Someone here today needs to hear this. He's the one who can take your messed up, confused, troubled, discouraged life and put all that behind you and make out of you a new creature to walk in newness of life. He's the one who can give you so much joy that you can't even put it in words beyond our understanding. He's the prince of peace. Do you believe that? Do you know him? He's not just the prince of peace. It's what he's not. He's not the prince of discouragement. He's not the prince of anxiety and fear and worry. He's the prince of peace. He's the only one who can calm the storms that rage in our hearts. And trust me, the devil is a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour. But he's the only one that can say, peace be still. He's the only one who can take our broken and messed up lives and make something beautiful out of them. Wow. He's the only one who was sinless and died for the guilty. He did that for you and me. He's the only one that sticks closer than a brother. And he says this, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Oh, it's time for us to go beyond preaching and teaching and reading of the word. It's time for us to believe what the word says more than what the world is saying. His name is? Come on. Jesus. That's his name. Jesus, Lord of Lords and King of Kings. His name is Jesus, Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Christ. Oh, friends, and in that name, there's power. In that name, there's hope. In that name, there is help. And I got to tell you, there's no sweeter, more beautiful, more glorious, more heavenly name than the name of Jesus. 
But I can tell you this, as much as you and I love that name, the world hates it. Emperors have tried to destroy it. Philosophies have tried to stamp it out. Tyrants have tried to wash it from the face of the earth with the very blood of those who claimed it. Yet still it stands. And there shall be that final day when every voice that has ever uttered a sound, every voice of Adam's race shall be raised in one great mighty chorus to proclaim the name of Jesus. For in that day, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Oh. I'm serious when I tell you this. I had 20 pages of notes to preach today. And the Holy Spirit said, just tell them Jesus. Just tell them Jesus. Jesus, miracle worker, healer, Savior, our hope, our help, Jesus. If you're looking for somebody to fix you, I'm sorry. It doesn't work. I do know that the Bible says there's wisdom and and counselors and a multitude of counselors, and, and we do need good, godly Christian counselors, but friends, it's Jesus. It's not Jesus plus. It's not Jesus minus. It's just Jesus. Jesus, he said, and if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men to myself. Do you know Jesus? Not asking if you know about him, but do you know him? Have you received his mercy? Because see, if you have, you can say with the apostle Paul, as we have received mercy, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. It's not complicated. Jesus said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you anxiety. (laughs) Come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden, and I'll give you the wisdom to know which political party to be in. Come on. All this stuff. But worry is an indictment against God's ability to handle the situation. Stop worrying about America and start praying about America. Stop whining and complaining about what's wrong and get bold like Don Knighting and start telling people that the answer is Jesus. Invite people to church. Somebody said this, you've you've heard this before, but family members, coworkers, people you run into, how much do you have to hate them to not tell them the truth? Because you see, if heaven is real and hell is real, and it is, and friends, I'm telling you, it is the love of God that compels us to tell people the truth, to invite them to church, to show them what the word of God says. Do you know him? Is he your Lord? Are you trusting him? 
Are your eyes more on him than on the world and what's wrong in the world? Oh, friends. If you read down, I'm not going to do it for you, but if you read down just a, a few more verses in this chapter, this second and fourth chapter, Paul says, man, we don't lose heart. Sometimes we're getting beat up. Sometimes we're getting whipped. Sometimes we're getting run out of town. Sometimes we've got all these problems, but we still don't lose heart because we have received mercy. I'm not trying to tell you, church, that you're not going to go through some hard times, but I'm trying to tell you that Jesus will go with you all the way. That he will give you an attitude of gratitude. That he'll lift your spirits. You, you can get off uh, the discouragement road and go after the Lord. And that's what I'm encouraging you today. And I, I'm hoping to just to kind of stir you up a little bit because I know most of you know the Lord. You've been saved. You've been baptized. You, you, you've been touched by his grace and mercy. I just want to remind you, we've got something to sing about and shout about. And if you don't know Jesus, today you can change that. You can humble yourself. The Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Would you pray with me, please? With your heads bowed and your eyes closed. Do you know the Lord? Do you know that you know the Lord? Do you know beyond any shadow of a doubt that your sins are forgiven? Do you know that he lives in your heart? Do you have that eternal hope of glory? The guilt and shame and disappointments of the past or just that, they're past. And you're walking with him right now. Years ago, I had a, a young fellow come to the altar, just a, a little guy. And he got up from the altar and he said, I'm saved. Jesus saved me. Please listen to what I'm about to say. I didn't believe him. I thought he was too young. I didn't think he knew what he was talking about. I asked him several questions and he answered them. And then finally I asked him, how do you know you're saved? You always say to me, he said, because I feel clean all inside. Oh, the theologians can't do better than that. <laughs> the Bible says he'll make us whiter than snow. The Bible says if we confess our sins, he'll forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all, all, all unrighteousness clean all inside. Father, I pray today that you will bless every person in this house and every person who's watching this online. I pray, Father, that today, today we will have a closer encounter with you than ever before. I pray, Father, this altar will be used as a place to receive mercy. Lord, your word says your mercies are new every morning, so I know they're available right now. And I ask God that for Christians who have begun to be discouraged, that today, that their testimony would be, I will not lose heart. And if there are those here, Lord, who, who don't know for sure that today will be a day that they make absolutely sure 
They make their calling and election sure. Father, bless right now. Pour your spirit out. Do a work. Thank you for the numbers. Thank you for what's going on in the church. But Lord, nothing in the world is more important than a person coming to you and knowing that they know you. I pray today will be a day of divine encounters. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you again for listening to this message from River of Life. If this message has touched you today, or if you need someone to pray with, please contact us at 850-926-1200 or email us at info at rolcrawfordville.com. We also want to encourage you to visit us this Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. in Crawfordville. Please visit us online at rolcrawfordville.com for more information and directions.